Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fellowship and Freedom, brought to you by the good folks over there on the Wake Up Radio. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And guess what? We are actually joined by a fantastic guest this afternoon, Ashley Rogers of Your Naturopath Ash on Instagram. I'll put all her information in the description bar below, but she is a board-certified naturopath, uh, a functional energetic medicine practitioner, as well as a herbal medicine diehard. And uh, this is this next part has me pretty interested, and I'm hoping we can get into some of that as well. But she is also a metaphysical science major. Now that right there is is that is an impressive resume for one. Uh, and we are definitely honored to have her here on the show with us. Ashley, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so honored to be here, and I'm excited to, to do this show with you guys. I've been a follower of you guys for quite some time, and I love your work. So it is really it is really an honor to be here. So thank you. The pleasure is all ours, really. You know, we, uh, we've kind of been on a little bit of a break from not having guests on. And having somebody with the credentials that you have, with the interest that you have, it is just going to be power-packed to have you on. So this is as much a pleasure for me. And again, just thank you for coming on. Of course. So if you don't mind me asking, I guess we'll just jump right into this. Uh, how did you? How did? How did you stumble into this? You know, how did you find yourself gradually uh, uh, getting involved in this with this type of work and trying to help other people? How did you find yourself? Uh, I guess, in this type of field or, this, or engaging in this type of work? Yeah, so I'm happy to share, you know, my story and, um, you know, with your audience and things like that. I think they could kind of appreciate some of the multifaceted, I guess, things that I've been through and what brought me here. Um, I am born and raised in Choctaw, Oklahoma, so I am of Native American descent. So I grew up basically, you know, just knowing innately and everything that was taught to me about plant medicine and things like that. So that's where my love of herbalism came from, first and foremost. And just hearing, you know, folklore and um, m- stories of our more mystic um, heritage and past and things like that just really always felt like, you know, my <laughs> my heritage was um, something I'm proud of, but, um, you know, more like heightened senses and heightened abilities because of what I was in tune to and also what I was taught. Um, so, you know, growing up, I was always always into super healthy eating, um, just connecting with fresh, raw, organic foods. We had a, um, I I guess technically you could consider it a farm. We grew our foods. We, um, you know, we raised our animals and ate them. So we had happy, clean foods. And that's what I knew. You know, I knew how to garden. I knew how to live a sustainable life. Um, And then when I moved out when I was 18, I will never forget this. Uh, I went to like the grocery store or something and I bought a couple of different like pounds of ground beef and I opened one. I smelled it. I was like, this is so rancid. That's, I must've just got a bad batch. So I threw that out and all the, you know, the next four that I opened after that were all bad. And so I call home and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I just got all this bad meat. They're like, no, that's what store processed meat is. It's, it's, it is rancid because it's decayed. They add food coloring to it and all these things. So I, I knew what fresh, happy food was all my life. And so I started school, and I, I had all these aspirations of being a doctor. I knew I wanted to be a healer of some kind. I wanted to work in all different, you know, I, I knew I wanted to be in the healthcare profession to some degree, but I think I, I was being led, maybe guided, 
somehow by the universe or by guides of, of what it was I was really supposed to do because when I started learning about all the, you know, American pharmaceutical boards and things like that that I would have to adhere to and insurance-wise what I would have to do, I just, you know, in college and stuff like that, I just got so turned off to it. Like, I just, I couldn't fall into it. I couldn't be bought out by Big Pharma or, you know, any of the, the ways I thought the government was inserting themselves in our field. And so, at that time, it was our field. <laughs> so, um, you know, truth be told, I also had some wild oats that need to be sowed. I had some childhood things that I had not dealt with properly. So I went off and did a pretty drastic thing, and I, I created this whole career, this whole pseudo, um, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, like a, I guess, a pseudo character for myself, and I, I lived that life for a while. Um, and then when I was done... You went undercover? <laughs> that would actually be cool as well, but no, I went into adult film. Oh. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, I, I, I did that for a while, and then when I was ready to be done, I was done. I had my kids, I had my, you know, my family, and one day I woke up and I was like, okay, it's time to go back to school. And at that point, I knew I wanted to be a naturopath, and... Um, after all the experience that I had collected and traveling and doing all the things and seeing the world, quote unquote. And so I just, you know, my son was very young. He was probably four or five months old when I went back to school. My husband's like, are you crazy? Like, are you insane? You have two kids and you want to go to school now? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So I did it and I finished. And, um, you know, it, being a naturopathic practitioner and an herbalist is um, wonderful so fulfilling and I have an office here in our town of Woodland Hills California and um, yeah I just you know I, I continue to read and study and continuing education is wonderful uh, but the most that I have seen in practice um, and for myself is whenever we are able to align the physical body with the energetic body to have these subconscious and conscious mind like bridge the gap to really heal um, that way, I've seen the most success. People learn more about themselves. They evolve out of this pain pattern or this, you know, disease pattern or whatever it might be, up, you know, into the next phase. So that's when I was like, okay, there's something to this. And I've always, it sounds silly or whatever to most, but I've always felt, you know, a connection to, um, you know, things that were otherworldly, things that were not necessarily, you know, hum human. Um, but, you know, to be human experiencing these, uh, you know, subconscious downloads from wherever they may be coming from is the way that I have always understood that is the way that we evolve into our next phase. So there's a lot going on right now with Mother Earth and she's suffering. And I'm, I'm very connected to Mother Earth, too, I think, being an herbalist and, you know, Native American, just connected to the lands. But, you know, she is suffering and I don't know that there's a whole lot we can do about it at this point other than just teaching humanity or you know people humans that you know the next phase is you know i guess multi-dimensional so and that's oh yeah pretty much what i'm studying now so that's that's it 10 minutes of my of my story there and i'd say that 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 is so so eye-opening like there's a whole lot of different things that i could just talked about forever with you with but one of the things I've, i found fascinating or just interesting hearing you talk about it right there is 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 
being a part of the earth, being a part of like natural farmland, agrarian kind of lifestyle where you take care of like your own animals, where you grow your own food. And hearing you talk about this type of stuff as you gradually transitioned into uh, modern day life, you know, hearing you talk about agriculture and how it shifted into stuff like big pharma, you know, the farm industry, big agriculture and stuff like that, that just made me start thinking about how have we gotten this far down the rat hole of where mm-hmm. big pharma has any influence on your agriculture, where it has influence on what you're putting on your body. Because everything you're saying there is a thousand percent correct. You know, uh, uh, the psychosomatic connection between your body, your mind, that's very real. Uh, one of the things I've been talking a lot so with the audience about is two things. One, how you communicate with yourself, and two, how you connect. One being the, the level of honesty that you're willing to be at with yourself, how you communicate that level of honesty it dictates how far you're able to get into your in, into your own personal growth. So there's a lot of different things that people don't take the time to look at. Uh, uh, Billy Carson, we've had him on the show a few times, The Forbidden Knowledge. One of the most mm-hmm. uh, uh, influential things he's said on the show to me is taking your health back has become a rhythm. Re- re- and that's something we've gradually had to you know get back to understanding because we don't see that, that, that the poisons they're putting in foods, uh, the, the, the chemicals, that they're putting inside the animals, how all that stuff it accumulates, it affects us, and that ultimately affects like our ability to connect with ourselves, our ability to connect with the divine. Uh, as you were as you were mentioning beforehand, uh, being able to to feel connected to these otherworldly entities as well. All of these things are affected by what our physical bodies, the receptors, are doing. And hearing you explain, you know, how how big pharma and big agriculture and and the farm industry, our modern diet. And that really has robbed us of that very, very simple but divine aspect of us. So hearing you say all those things, it, it it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's an aspect of of I mean, all of it. There's you know, we again, and that's the way that life is supposed to be, right? We're supposed to have these communities, and I, I, I the word that I'm thinking of is probably not the right word to describe it, but these clean communities where. There's not a ton of pollution. There's not a lot of factory farming going on. There's just people relying on themselves and their families and their loved ones because that's essentially the foundation of life is, is love. So if you're putting love into your community, you're putting love into your family, you're putting love into your farm and your animals, you're, yes. you're going to have a, a very happy, connected life. And um, it's just like big farm, they, they, to me, <laughs> being raised the way I was raised, it seems as though because we never administered any medications to our animals. We never needed to. Like, what would be the need for that? So when I learned that that's what was happening, that these pharmaceutical companies were creating antibiotics for cows because of diseases that didn't really exist, but they had to uphold some kind of clean health, um, you know, standard of the FDA or the CDC or whatever that needed to be our food, I'm like, what the... That's adulterated as hell. Like, you can't get any worse <laughs> than that. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, you know, and, and I just saw such a loving environment for the animals that we would raise, even our, like our chickens. Like, and I'm living in the middle of L.A. right now, outside of not living in, living in Oklahoma anymore. And we have chickens just because <laughs> I wanted to feel some connection to, you know, the way I was raised. And these guys are healthy. They're like, you know, five and six years old. They're producing eggs so healthy every day. We get organic eggs whenever we want. It's really not that hard. It's not a difficult thing. 
you know, I have a very, compared to where I grew up, I have a very small plot of land. And, you know, when I want to, I can grow my own, own organic foods and I can do these things. So it's really not that simple. So it's very much more of, you know, big pharma just wants, it, they very just they just want sheeple essentially, so there's oh, yeah. things that they're they're doing to to ensure that for themselves, and it's, it's, it really is all about the money and um and and you know for for my beliefs and things like that, money is a very very kind of sacred energy. So for them to be abusing it in the way that they are, it really just it goes against everything that I have been. I guess essentially programmed with like pre-programmed with my entire life. Like it, it just, it goes against everything that I feel should be right for, I, I say humanity, <clears throat> but we really all are these multi-dimensional beings just having this experience for some reason. Like we chose to come here for whatever reason to make this difference or to change something to amend something. And we're, we're currently not necessarily winning in that battle. And so it's like yes. figuring out why, you know, why we're not and i think somehow the government or you know whatever might know that and that's why they want to keep us a little bit and it sounds very you know i'm not a cons i'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that it just it, to me it's very factual you know so i guess i can see how someone might think it's a little conspiracy theory ish but to me it just seems so it's it's just re you know it's it's, it's a reality no, you're, you're you're totally you're totally on point. You know, we have we have a a, a Brahmin, a Cochin, and a straight run. Uh, we had two straight runs, but unfortunately, one of our chickens uh, passed away of natural causes a Aww. few weeks ago. We should be producing chicken eggs uh, here within the next few months, um, and that's just the chickens. Now, the garden, you know, we've got tomatoes, cucumbers that I won't touch because I'm not a fan of tomatoes or cucumbers, but the girlfriend is, so I, I grow them for her. <laughs> And we have we have we have corn that's actually starting to stock as well. And uh, the only reason I'm telling all these people these things is because all it takes is time. All it takes is right. time and consistent effort and putting that conscious energy out into the universe and then seeing it manifest over time. But factory farming, well, exactly farm right. industry, it, it is. Yeah, I mean, it is conscious energy. I mean, you said it exactly right. I mean, this that is what we are here to to learn and to cultivate and to manifest. It's something as simple as, you know, keeping a house plant alive to, you know, if you have this giant Precisely. farm or whatever it might be. That's exactly what this experience is about. You create your own universe so that you can connect to the universe, essentially, that, that made you in the first place. And you're just traveling between each experience that you might choose or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, you you exactly right. Well, one of the things I'm trying to, one of the things I try to talk to people about, you know, these days, these little thought threads I create is, is how you can create balance within yourself, then you can recognize balance within others, and then you and that other balanced individual begin to create a harmonious environment to where all of you guys are all ba balanced, all living in harmony, all living in that, that clean, conscious community that you were mentioning beforehand to where you progress. But what's happened yeah. is because people don't recognize that balance that they need within themselves. They advocate his power. They give it over. You know, it, it's it's like uh, it's like the co the co the co-founder of Facebook, Sean Parker, saying they're exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology. That's exactly what's happening with a lot of these industries. They're they're exploiting a vulnerability in our natural human programming. And if we choose to engage, if we choose to live in, in what they're offering, that was a choice. 
the same way we have a choice to create a better tomorrow. It's just not going to be easy. And we have to, the, the, the sooner we realize that is, the, is the, the faster that we can begin to do the work that's required of us. One of the things I constantly right. tell the, uh, the audience is how, you know, we have to create the environment for the next generation to come here to do the work that is necessary so we all don't have to do this. This, this, yeah. the, the way we're living right now is it's highly unnatural, but it's going to take us removing that layer of filth that people have become so uh, used to, removing that mm-hmm. layer and then exposing it so that we can begin to do the work. That's where we're at right, right and now. I that's think, why things yeah, and so, that's, that's exactly right. And I actually had this conversation with my husband a few nights ago. Like, even as as much as the government and all that stuff, if you want to look at parties, like the far left and far right and liberal and all this stuff, like, I think we are on the verge of creating a completely different party. Like, even if it, even if all, yes. the, you know, one party merges into something else, I'm not saying within the next 20 years, but maybe the next, I would say, 35 to 50 years, we're on the verge of a new party, which is kind of unheard of because the government hasn't let anything like that happen, no matter how hard we try, but we are all just so connected via Insta or any kind of social media we're all just so connected at this point that it, it it's going to have to happen and this new party i don't know if it's going to be necessarily led by the new generation i think that not the millennials but the generation before so basically i think our generation is is the one leading that movement um i think putting children in the forefront of that movement is not necessarily the most the best move that we can make right now, um, but I think that that's what we're on the verge of. So this this new enlightened, just like you're saying, it will happen. We'll we'll get past the film and the the filth and the the smudge, and you know it will just like we do. You know the Earth, humanity, all that stuff goes through cycles, just like you're saying, and and it will happen. But I think in the next few times we go through the cycle, I believe that we will be able to break it at some point and we can just live this life and get back to the way that we were before. Um, I don't, you know, again, I do, I do think earth is definitely suffering. I don't think, you know, I don't think we have 10 to 15 years until earth completely dies. But, um, I think with that, with, with that possibility that we could really break the cycle. And I think, you know, that's what it's all about is breaking the cycle. You always want to do that ancestrally, you know, spiritually health wise, um, and it is work, and I think that's where naturopathic, holistic medicine, and metaphysical medicine, which I'm studying, they parallel each other because it is not an easy fix. And you learn a lot about yourself energetically and spiritually, no matter which way you bend it, you know, flip it, you know, reverse it. It doesn't matter. You're, you're still going to have to, if you're really committed to really learning yourself, your whole self, your mind-body connection, your spiritual energetic all the things because it really is work and a lot of people don't want to do that they just want to pill the band-aid but we got to move past so would that, you you know would you say that that might be uh somewhat of the somewhat of the symptoms of the existential crisis that america's going through right now and the world itself would you say that because uh, a lot of people don't know who they are at their core they've been given a a, a pre-programmed list of responses They've been given their identity, they've been given their name, their nationality, their race, and all these other things that they have to align themselves with. Would you say that the, the identity crisis is a symptom of what's going on right now? 
Um, I think that, I think it could be. I think that, uh, so, oh my gosh. So, uh, so your audience is pretty open-minded, right? Like, <laughs> are we, are we, we try to be open-minded? Okay. So go out, from, go out as far as you want to go. We will, we will be right there with you. <laughs> so from the council, if you, if you want, want to call it that along with myself, um, that I have always kind of received my information from. Um, this, it's a galactic celestial, more, you know, all involving universal, one source, one word, one spark. Um, that it, there are um, both, there's, well, there's many, but different types of humans who are being born now that are pre-programmed with certain things. These are new souls. They are souls who have not, they're kind of like newborn, uh, you know, universal materials. And they are programmed. There are, you know, star seeds. I'm sure you guys have heard of star seeds that, you know, come along or kind of a hybrid uh, unit of a being. Um, and there are also, to say, you know, some people who come from places that do not have humanity's best interests. Um, so, yes, I do believe that a lot of the, the ones that don't have our best interest are, are some of the ones who are uh, part of the uh, somewhat augmented reality that just make the world go round at this point. They're not connected with universal source or themselves. They're just kind of here now to perpetuate things. They're soulless automatons. <laughs> Yeah, that might not be, yeah, that might not be best for humanity. So I do absolutely believe that that is what's going on with some people. And it's just really sad, like, how you, you just don't understand how you can't get through to certain people. Like, why aren't you understanding that this is what's going on? And you're like, you know what? Maybe it's not your fault. <laughs> Maybe it's just because of the bigger picture, you know? I, I thoroughly believe that. You know, I've been I've been telling people, I have, I really have been telling people like the children that are being born today, they are literally here to, I, I call them the reinforcements, uh, because mm -hmm. you have kids that are literally being born for bigger missions than what we have to take up, take care of today. But if they get caught up in all the, all the nonsense that you see them trying to create today, all the stuff that they're putting out in education and academia and music and, the, and, 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 and television entertainment, if kids get caught up in that, they will never be able to fully discover their purpose for being born here today in right. the time frame that we right. have now. And I, I, I thoroughly believe that a lot of the things that we're seeing these days are meant to obscure people's ability to tap into that multidimensional existence, to really try to divine what their purpose is here. Instead, they, they have people focus on likes. They have them focus on superficial things rather than diving deep inside of that inner verse and discussing what needs to come out. It, it, it doesn't right. need to be, it doesn't need to be superficial things. It doesn't need to be uh, uh, physical carnal things. That's what the world needs less of these days. It's that materialist mindset. It needs more spirituality. It needs more understanding of the deeper divinity within man. And I think that's, oh, that's, that's why people, that's why people are kind of like this, you know? Uh, I, mm -hmm. <laughs> hearing you talk about these soulless automatons, and it sounds rude saying that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. There are certain people out there. It's like, it's like you, like people will tell you that you have a fire in your eye or something like that. 
but there are people that go about life as if they're on autopilot and they're not able to really understand that this is an accident. This, you didn't just end up here. Like, you were born yeah. for a purpose, but you have a choice right. every single day to either, uh, you know, turn off, go, go along with the program, or start to ask the deeper questions to get involved. And I think because it is difficult, most people end up uh, shutting down. Because they see this type of stuff, they get overwhelming. They they always ask themselves the question of, well, what can one person do? If you don't mind me asking, ask, oh. what, what would be your response to that? If if somewhere to ask you, what could one person be? What would be what would be your uh, response to that? I just to that. Okay, so I do um, YouTube channels and I or YouTube videos and all that. And I had a a podcast that I do as well sometimes. And um, you know, I always just really try to reinforce and encourage and try to implant my audience because I can go back to kind of what you're saying about wanting to you know having this materialistic view or whatever I can't lie like the human side of me like I like having a captive audience but because I genuinely like helping people I genuinely enjoy seeing yes. that spark that light go off whenever they're like oh shit like wow that really, and it could be this, it could be something that I don't even think is, is big, but to them and their world and what they're going through at that moment is, it's big for them. And to me, there's just no greater feeling. I mean, even like being a mom, I have two kids and, and watching that go off in their eyes and it's just, it's incredible to me. So I do enjoy having a captive audience and I, I want to grow and I want to expand. Like I, I feel like we are all, you know, we can be part of this great community with the population of Earth and, and just everything that we're going through. So with that being said, in my in my vlogs and videos and stuff, I, I really do try to encourage that n not one person is a small part of anything. Every single choice we make, every single decision, every thought, every everything we do, every breath, it echoes across dimensions and realities that we're creating not only for ourselves but for fellow man for future generations every single thing has a ripple um, and for somebody who meditates or might be more connected to you know universal source or cosmic consciousness is what I call it well, I think I'm not the only one that calls it that but what I what I like to refer to it as um, that I think you know everyone when you are in that state of being when you're connected to your higher self or to universal source you see that you see that we are just this light being of love and energy and like everything we do is a product or or can be a byproduct of how genuinely and unconditionally we love and we give and that's just the basis of everything so you know for someone to be on the verge of let's just say um Let's put a scientific backing to it. Let's say it's a mental condition or a mental illness. A lot of the time, let's say 98.8% of the time, that is the universe saying to you, like, this is your awakening. You're going to have to go through this pain because it does hurt. But on the other side of it, what you are going to be capable of or connected to is so much higher than what you're doing right now. Like you're, you're vibrating and you're focusing on these things that are bringing you down, like they're hurting you, it's toxic, it's not good, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. It's moving you out of that. So uh, you see now we have this huge epidemic of anxiety, depression, 
you know, everyone's uh, bipolar these days or schizophrenic or whatever, you know, uh, personality disorders. Um, I could go on and on. I mean, it's all the core of it, the root of it is uh, essentially not a rude awakening, but it's supposed to be a positive awakening. And that does hurt. And, you know, I, several of my clients, several studies, several, um, you know, there's things that are, I think it's, oh my gosh, now I'm drawing a blank. There's a couple doctors, I think it, it's Harvard. Oh, I don't want to say specifically, but a big, huge Ivy League um, hospital college is they're this couple these doctors are doing this research and they're using um oh what is it dmt i think essentially um and they are inducing like literally inducing these sheer panic fear um episodes in in their clients and they'll do that and they'll kind of hold their hand through it and you know they they walk them through their hallucinations and everything on the other side of it the person's completely cured and so you know, there's just, there's so much to, um, you know, someone can, can take their anxiety or whatever and, and let that define them or they can see themselves through it and get to the other side, you know, more connected being. But every single, again, I, I said it, every single thought, action, everything is for each person is just a huge ripple in the multiverse. Uh, I, I would definitely agree. You know, uh, I'm going to say this real quick, and I, I, I want you to plug your website. Uh, but I was listening to this this fantastic interview about personality disorders by Dr. Bill Petty on uh, the 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 Real Change Portal YouTube. It's low. It, it, it's a very low key uh, channel, but the, the the man they had on he he breaks down all these personality disorders and how it all really does originate from the mind. I'll send it to you, and I'll put it in the link to, in, in the description bar below, so people can check it out. Because everything yeah. Ashley's saying is a thousand percent correct. A lot of people create boogeymen, and then they blow those boogeymen up to issues that are bigger than them, and then they're unable to conquer the very fake issue that they've created. And so, if that's the if that's the stance that most people take, they create all these problems that they're that they truly are capable of slaying. But because it, it starts in the mind, because their perception of these, these fabricated issues become bigger than them, they defeat themselves, thus creating this self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's where a lot of people are these days. Uh, but like I said, I'll put the link for that discussion in the description bar below. And Ashley, what is, yeah, that's perfect. Where, can people, where can people find more of your work? And then we'll take a quick break. Yeah, so currently you can find more of my work at youtube.com slash the new Ashley. I've had that channel for a while, so that name came from like, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago. But the new Ashley, I do conscious connections, um, podcasts, um, all different kinds of, you know, daily vlogs and things like that, um, where you guys can find some of that stuff. So, I'll put that link to her YouTube in the description bar below as well as her website. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into more of this multidimensional being existence, uh, other spirituality, and we'll also talk about what Ashley does uh, with her company, SoCal Natural Health. So like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. This is Freedom Faction and your naturopath, Ash, on Fellowship and Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Uh 
Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant.
And we are back. That's right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for sticking around, for being a part of history. And guess what? I'm not alone. I'm with my good friend, Ashley Rogers of your naturopath, Ash. Ash, my friend, how are you? I'm doing great. Good. We can work with great. Great is, is workable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, for people that are tuning in now, uh, we, we spent the first half or the first segment of the show talking about some pretty, pretty powerful stuff. We're essentially talking with, with an Amazon warrior-esque chick on the show <laughs> about how do we get people connected back to Earth? How do we get people acting, act, acting in authenticity, being more genuine, being more real, being more grounded? I was talking about that uh, just the other week, how people don't have healthy routines. I found out that our guest, she also has chickens. Uh, we have chickens, and that's one of the things that we have in common is is, is getting back into that grounded, natural lifestyle. Uh, so, Ashley, thank you for yes. joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. So uh, before we get into stuff like multidimensional beings, uh, we're also going to get into uh, vaccines and things like that. If you could, tell us about uh, your company, SoCal Natural Health. Okay, so SoCal Natural Health is like my my love child, essentially. I, again, like I said, you know, before we went on break, um, it is my greatest, one of my greatest, okay, second greatest honor to, you know, help people and to be in the same room as somebody who I can genuinely, um, you know, teach them and connect with them about their own health and their own lives. So a naturopath, well, actually, if we want to go all the way back to what a doctor really is, a doctor is supposed to be a teacher. So they are supposed to teach you about your own body, your own health, so that you don't need one anymore. <laughs> so, or not the body, but you don't need a doctor anymore. You don't need a teacher. So um, for my own platform of SoCal Natural Health, what I strive for is Working with somebody, depending on their condition, so, I mean, anything from autoimmune to, you know, uh, trying to conceive, you know, a super baby, the most healthy human possible, because these days we know our hands are kind of tied um, with the burdens, toxic burdens and things that we're exposed to. Um, anything, um, you know, is, is to have them in my office for, you know, in a, in a program where they're actually healing and learning about their own bodies because it's about bio-individuality. Not, you know, two people can come to me with the same diagnosis from their general practitioner, but they will not need the same things to heal, not the same diet, not the same supplements. It's, it's you know, whatever is bioavailable to their specific condition. Um, and, you know, really just working with them three months is sometimes okay. Six months to a year is feasible, but after that, I don't want to see them anymore. Like, 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 send me a Christmas card and tell me you're doing great 15, 20, 50 years down the road. But I really, my, my goal with them and the time that I'm with them is to connect them to the mind-body experience, to clean their bodies of burden, to teach them how to do that themselves, to teach them awareness of what's going on, to listen to certain symptoms and what they might mean, to what needs to be balanced, but chakras, if it's, a liver cleanse, if it's a kidney issue, whatever the whatever it might be, you know, because the symptoms are, are trying to tell you something. They're not, they're, you know, the body, the human body actually is so amazing. Like, we are nature experiencing yes. itself. 
And for the human body to be so capable of all of these burdens and to barely ring a bell when something is wrong is incredible. So the human body itself is is mystic. <laughs> it really is. If you want to think about it, I mean, you can put all the scientific terms you want on it and, and whatever, but really that some things just cannot be explained and it is just absolutely mystical. So, you know, giving them that understanding and, and, and you know, all that. I mean, of course, you know, I started SoCal Natural Health and, you know, we do, you know, functional, cutting edge, like functional lab work. So functional lab work is something outside of just, oh, I'm going to go to the doctor. They're going to get me this standard, you know, workup. And then if my blood ranges, whatever, fall in this reference range of all these variables that are so not, you know, um, you know, unique to me that I should be okay. We're looking at all of these other markers and biomarkers and micronutrients and hidden viruses and stealth infections and all these things that could be part of this person's picture. And not one time do I see a client where we don't do some type of uh, psychological workup of some sort of like traumatic experiences they may have been through only because traumas and stress manifest themselves depending on the type and what happened and how old they were in certain organ systems of the body so that's that's a pretty big part of it as well so you know I do lab work and we do the whole you know diet and program and and all the things and again no two people are the same it's literally never been the same the <laughs> the only thing I can say that really works as like a blanket prescription like some you know pharmaceutical companies like to say are certain herbs and one maybe one or two vitamins that work for everybody no matter what they're going through and that's a B complex and vitamin C pretty much it oh and then yes. obviously the sun like I we're light beings and I I prescribe getting out into the sun to literally everybody so you know I mean that's that's SoCal Natural Health I mean I you know it's pretty standard practice as far as like if you could expect to go in and and talk to any other practitioner other than we really like we really get down into it and if it ends up with either one of us getting emotional because we go there like we're going to go there and we're going to explore it and we're going to have to get through those feelings and get through some things and if that's what it takes that's what it takes so according to the way the standard healthcare is right now and insurance and stuff like that the average doctor's appointment that someone could have so that the doctor makes money is less than seven minutes. So we're spending wow. 20 minutes. But after that, every time I see the person in follow-ups or if I'm talking to them on the phone, we can expect to be there for 45 minutes to an hour and a half, sometimes longer. So you've really just got to spend the time. You know, you got to put that energy there and you got to, you got to really develop that, you know, that consciousness and that foundation. And then once these, clients and and people are seeing what they're capable of it's just they don't need me anymore and that's a beautiful feeling so 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 what i'm hearing is you're you're not wanting to profit off of the sickness of others you actually want to help <laughs> restore them back to their their full potential is is that about right that is that is about right like i said if i can that's if i can work with you that's first, fake news to a year and I, yep <laughs> That's and that's got to be fake news. <laughs> wow, that that just doesn't it, seem right to me. <laughs> it is. 
It is. And um, I have I have colleagues in the same business or more on the standard Western um, uh, paradigm. And they tell me all the time that I uh, don't charge enough or, you know, whatever their opinion is. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to keep doing it the way I'm doing it because my way works. Like I have... I have so much success in what I'm doing and, and, you know, and then that's not to say that, that people don't hit walls. I mean, they do hit walls. I hit walls. And then that's part of the beauty of the growth. Like we figure it out together. Like, why did we hit this wall? And then we work through it and it's just, it's so fulfilling and so, so wonderful. So. Hey, so I have two questions for you, if you don't mind me asking one, uh, do you find yourself sometimes because you were mentioning, you know, whenever you're working with your clients, uh, sometimes it gets to points to where it's a little bit more emotional. Do you find yourself uh, acting kind of in that psychiatry or that psychiatrist uh, uh, capacity to where you help them realize that some of the walls they have built up are what they have built up and that only they can take them down if they choose to? That's my first question. Uh, and two, the second question is uh, what, if you, if you, and feel free not to share this, I understand doctor-patient confidentiality, what type of uh, patients or clients are coming in? Like, what are some of the illnesses and ailments that people are uh, having that they're coming to that, that they're coming to help or coming to you to help them with? Okay, okay. So, uh, number one. Okay, hold on. So, repeat number one again. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all <laughs> lost in my thoughts. Okay, number one question. No, you're you're fine. Uh, number one, um, do you find yourself acting more in a psychiatry? capacity whenever okay. your, your your patients yes. get to that point to where they need that help where they need that help yes and no okay so yes only because I have um, from personal experience and I think this is what um, helps me in my practice I can't speak for all practitioners so I'm, I'm definitely not speaking for all naturopaths or um, any type of um, health professional when I say this but from my experience um, I have uh, developed skills that can help people um, you know, really find a way to uh, work through their vulnerability when they're talking to a doctor or a professional or whatever you want to call it. Because, you know, you, you feel like at some point, like, they just want to unload everything, but they don't feel listened to. Um, so I do have yes. to, I kind of have to, you know, I have to put away my computer. I don't like to use actually electronics at all. I'm a very, and in these days, everyone, like all the practices, I even worked in a practice that was, completely paperless and that freaked me out like I have to write it down I have to make notes of everything and this is all electronic I'm like I can't I don't like this um so but I will put away the folder I will put away everything I will say okay let's you know let's get down to it let's brass knuckle it what is going on you know and I think they appreciate that and they find a trust and if I am able to share in their vulnerability and I can uh, I'm also empathetic like I have I have some I guess a human experience or whatever earth would call it gifts but I'm very empathetic a huge energy reader and so I, I can really pick up on what they're exactly feeling and I will feel it with them and we go through it together and it's just you know, it's experience, the trust building thing. So I will, I will be that for them in a capacity. Obviously, I'm not a licensed psychiatrist or psychotherapist or anything like that. But 
if I do feel like, you know, I am, it's out of my wheelhouse, I will absolutely, like, I have this amazing network of colleagues that I will refer to, and I will ask them, like, would you be okay if I referred you to somebody who can help us with this? And we work together. Like, I have several different, I mean, everything from ENTs to, you know, therapists to any other type of pediatricians and whatever in my network. And so if I need to refer out, if I understand that it's out of my wheelhouse and we need to bring in other, the thing is, is that, you know, we have a, like, stack the deck, you know what I mean? Like, if we can bring in these people that can help us do that, and that's not always, you know, with MDs, a lot of MDs don't like to to work with me. Some do, and I have a couple. Um, They're the more compassionate ones, I guess I should say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so in that capacity, I I am, but also I understand my my lane. I guess if, like I have a place. I have a place in the person's health, and I have a place in their life. And if I if I if it's to my understanding that they need a, a different type of professional to come in, then I will also refer that as well. You know, I just got this image of like the 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 archetypal. The archetypal, like Amazonian shaman, you know, when you're talking about essentially sitting down, like with the client, and and, and experiencing what they're going through with them, like like you're practicing mm-hmm. your empathic abilities to to uh, literally feel what they're feeling. I just got this archetypal image of like the shaman taking that 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 sickness and that disease from them, or or the empath taking the sadness and the negativity from somebody. And then mm-hmm. converting it into uh, uh, something that is beneficial from them. So I, I definitely got that feel, you know, as you're you're listing uh, pediatricians, first responders, EMTs, doctors, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You are who you you are who you who you surround yourself with. Uh, and my next question, or my second question, was basically, you know, what types of clients are you seeing more of? If you don't mind me asking, or if you can disclose to the audience. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, and and this is so great. So a lot of of my clients are experiencing the same type of symptoms but for different reasons. So the main symptoms or conditions, uh, anxiety, depression, brain fog, extreme fatigue. Like one client comes to mind the most and she is, she's very dear to me. She's so sweet. Um, But they all are. But the one particular that's coming to mind when having to like, discuss mind-body connection she was not quite there she was someone who was very aware of her symptoms and very aware of certain things that were making her body um react but she just wasn't quite there with the mind-body thing so she comes to me and then this is this is actually kind of kind of a like a baseline of the clients i see so she's a good example so she comes to me and she's a very um well-known like fitness like online fitness trainer her job and be fit and have all this energy for the world and to teach people and she does and she's very very successful but she cannot figure out why every single day she needs to nap for like four hours a day and then she wakes up all the time feeling guilty about it you know so you have like a an outside perspective of like, oh my God, you're in the gym all day. Of course you want to take a nap. 
and you have the world going, oh, my God, you're so lucky. If I could nap every day, I would, right? And that sounds pretty good. Everyone wants to take a nap in the middle of the day, except for when you're a kid. But when you're an adult, in the middle of the day, after you eat your lunch or whatever, heck, yeah, you want to go lay down and take a nap. So she's, she's feeling like the world and the views and everything against her. But, I mean, it really is a thing. Like, she went to several special endocrinologists. Oh, just everything. She at the, at the time she first came to me, which I believe was February of this year, she just had a whole slew of practitioners that have been working, quote-unquote, working with her um, to try to figure out what's going on and then had an answer. She was a dietitian that took a very comprehensive functional lab-like um, panel and she brought it to me and at this time I mean it, it was obviously it was, I'd like to see blood work that's at least newer than like three months old and it was a little bit beyond that but I could see in this blood work that these things had been going on for a long time these things were completely overlooked even by the dietitian who had the test run but then just treated her with and she gave me a list I'm telling you because if you imagine wow. a, like like a blank sheet of white paper like like copy paper it was like well single line but probably filled with I don't know 25 supplements on one side flip it over another 25 and I'm like you're kidding like wow what like she had she had like, we, we kind of all do. Like, okay, so her, for instance, one of the things in her that was overgrown was candida. So candida, there's about 20, oh gosh, there's more now, but I think about 24 to 27 different strands of, of candida, which is like a, essentially like a yeast overgrowth. We have it, the human body has it. The reason why we have it is because when we die, our body needs it to help ourselves decay. But due to high sugar, high processed carbs, high whatever, a lot of people get the overgrowth. So it causes symptoms of brain fog, of all the things you could imagine. This very course was through the roof. Like, I couldn't believe it. My jaw was on the ground. I'm like, how is this overlooked by this dietitian who obviously doesn't have no idea what she's looking for? So anyway, we get past that and, um, you know, we clean her body out and we do all the things and there's a whole protocol and it's a little bit down the line and she still can't get past her mind. Like no matter, you know, we have the emotional breakdown, breakdowns, we had the conversations and, you know, all the things. And so I had to, you know, kind of call in the person, someone in my network, a, a psychologist who's amazing. And, you know, she was able to, within like one session, kind of get to the root of, there was like a punishment cycle of some kind. And so it was just, the, it, it, I mean, I see that all the time, and I'm not I'm not sharing her story, obviously, to, you know, whatever, but it, it's so common. Her story is pretty much the foundation of my entire practice. Women, men, doesn't matter. So another story, I guess a, another case, uh, a client came in, and he was otherwise completely asymptomatic. Like, he was pretty healthy. He just kind of felt tired here and there but you know he's a middle-aged man who moved from london to california like 10 years ago but he's um his heritage is i believe chinese and he was just feeling a little tired he's like you know what i just think at this time in my life 
I should take some preventative measures. So preventative medicine is also something I'm huge on. You know, obviously, like, why not take the steps to prevent yourself from becoming ill, right? So we just do, like, a pretty common, you know, uh, cardiovascular lipid panel on him and do a couple of other, you know, more functional medicine side of things. Comes back, he's just lit up with inflammation and cholesterol and, all of these things and had that gone I would my professional guess a year and a half two years without him knowing it could have been a cardiovascular disaster so you know he we made all these changes and everything and his most recent lab work was crystal clear so I mean yes so that's about the, <laughs> the basis of my my clients no, so many so many different things to look at there especially with the blood work I think that was that that's kind of what makes me focus a little bit more. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 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 taking all kinds of different vitamins and nutraceuticals and supplements and things like that as well. Uh, you know, and I I work out three times a week, and you know, I tell people even when I'm at the gym that I consider it therapy. But I, I, and this kind of ties into what we were talking about before the break. I call working out therapy. But working out and therapy are not necessarily church. It's not necessarily meditation. It's not prayer. It's not uh, giving yourself the space that is a re- that is required to recover, and at the same time to give you the the, the space that you need uh, to really isolate on what's what's actually going on. You know, from the blood work to the diet to uh, the routine to the habits to even the psychology. You know, even hearing you talk about that, that there was a, a punishment factor in the, in their brain that that self doubt that uh that it's very real you know it, it, it is very real and the toxic the toxic behaviors and the toxic uh, uh, patterns that they have us gradually going into as, as if we're like on autopilot i really feel like that's where a lot of these these problems end up uh do you ever come across that in your work like do you ever see like some kind of common factor that that it's not underlying with with this type of illness but some kind of common factor throughout a lot of your cases? Um, so common factors are uh, sunlight exposure. So the more, I think, health or I guess I could say medical, but I don't really want to. But the more health, um, healthy, responsive time that you need to be in the sun is in the morning. There's UVA and UVB rays that your essentially your pineal gland, your pituitary gland needs to produce serotonin, norepinephrine, and melatonin. Melatonin, obviously, we know that helps us sleep, but you don't know that that's made from the first morning sun coming right into the eyeballs. Obviously, you're not going to look right into the sun, okay? Like, use common sense. But, like, that first morning exposure helps for when the sun goes down to produce your melatonin. It does help you sleep, but it's the most powerful antioxidant that the body makes on its own. So... I mean, even in, like, cancer treatment, they're using melatonin heavily because it's so powerful of an antioxidant. So sun exposure is one of the things that people aren't getting anymore. They think, oh, sun is bad. I don't have to wear sunscreen and all of these things. No. Just be smart about it. But, like, you need sun. Like, we are light beings. Our mitochondria literally responds so well to the sun. And then vitamin D, which are our skin and body produces from the sun also so vitamin d is a vitamin but it's also a pre-hormone but it also helps with like um element of cholesterol that 
that lives on your skin after you're exposed to the sun properly. So you sweat a little bit in the first morning sun or whatever the case may be. You need to let that sit on your skin and let your skin absorb it and do what it's supposed to do in the body. Um, you know, on a DNA level, on a mitochondrial level, and not take a shower, like, <laughs> right after that. And this, so the, talking about it kind of makes you sound like a tree hugger a little bit. I, I like to use that term because I think it's so funny that people use it as, like, a derogatory, like, I don't know, insult because, like, a tree hugger is a bad thing. But it's true. Like, being outside and in nature and in the sun and near trees is literally what where your body gets most of its nutrients. So sun exposure is one, because um, because of vitamin D, I don't think I ever see anybody with like an optimal amount of vitamin D that their own body is creating. Um, so that's the most I think common is sun exposure, and then as far as like vitamin C goes, you know we're we're not really getting adequate amounts of vitamin C, and that's like fruit people are afraid of fruit for some reason now because of the whole keto craze and keto keto what is it called and so they're like oh sugar it's too much sugar it's like seriously like you need that vitamin c vitamin c is literally what regenerates cells regenerates liver regenerates the intestines like you know and then also another thing that's been really huge lately is uh lymphatic work like our lymphatic system is our body of water. We are we are light beings, but we are literally a body of water. And our lymphatic system is quite a miracle because it's unlike the the cardiovascular system. It doesn't have a pump, so it relies on us moving. So us moving it and light touch, but not only light touch, but going to the gym, moving. That is an honor. That is an absolute honor to our people to get past the mind. Workout anyway, it's an honor to the body. It opens up detox pathways. So that's another thing. You know, detox yes. pathways being open, the liver, the kidney, urinating uh, healthily, getting in the sauna, sweating. It's an honor to the body. So, no, it's not a punishment. Even if your mind tries to tell you that, that's not that's not you saying that. That's literally not you saying that. Your your mind, your subconscious mind, your conscious mind can get past. So many things. This physical body, we have to honor it by not listening to it on on that scale. Like, obviously, if you have a hurt knee or something, I'm not saying just get, you know, ignore it and go get on a treadmill right now and just run yourself to death. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, just because you don't want to do something <laughs> doesn't mean you should, especially when it comes to exercise. So it, even if cardio is not your thing, whatever, find some Pilates, find some yoga, find Go for a walk. I mean, anything. Just it, it is a complete honor to the body to be able to move it. I feel like that's such a that is such a respectful way to call your body the temple is to say that it is an honor to make sure that everything is still running the way that it should be. Uh, you know, yeah. just so many so many different things to talk about there. Uh, one of the things I talk about with the audience all the time, you know, is is, is nature being the green mirror. We're familiar with our iPhones and technology being the black mirror. It shows us everything we want. But whenever we get out there in nature, it shows us everything we need. It shows us what we're deficient in, what we lack, and why we need to go back out in nature more to realize that we're natural creatures, that we are these multidimensional beings, that we need to be a part of this natural rhythmic energy that's going on here. We need to be tied into that, not 
not doing all the societal stuff. Uh, but there's there's so many different things that I want to look at that, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say, let's take a break and come back and talk more about uh, things like being the multidimensional being, the green mirror, Perfect. nature. And, you know, and, uh, the, I, like I was just, as you were talking, I was just pulling up uh, uh, study after study after study, you know, of our consciousness being directly linked, linked to light. University of Hamilton in Canada found that. Nature yeah. therapy. Uh, you know, exercise improving your memory and cognition. University of Iowa researchers found that everything actually is talking about is a thousand percent true because we have to understand we are advanced plants and we are powerful beings. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into this and more on the other side. Strap yourselves in because we'll be right back right after this.
Oh, hey, guys. I didn't see you there. Yeah, we mm-hmm. were just talking about uh, Im- important things. Yeah, yeah, like Skyrim yep. and video games and <laughs> any, any, any of that goodness. But anyway, we're here for a show. You guys are here to hear about our guest, Ashley Rogers of Your Naturopath, Ash. Ash, thank you for joining us. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. I am wonderful. <laughs> It has definitely been wonderful having you. Uh, <laughs> in between the breaks, guys, we were talking about nerdy stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, mm-hmm. And then actually kind of chimed in talking about, you know, just, just the gaming community in general. Uh, and and <laughs> that's that's kind of what we need to foster over here. You know, one of the questions I keep asking the audience is, is, is how do we make consciousness inspirational? How do we make it where it's like fun to 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 improve yourself or it's like it's fun to look at the adversity as a challenge to 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 grow like what are your thoughts on that ash like how do we make consciousness more inspirational yeah i mean like we said again off air when i first got on the call like i i was like hey i'm in my aaron Rodgers jersey we've been watching football all day i mean i engage in so many things I, I I don't think society would align to living a more I guess metaphysical lifestyle if you can call it that like I, I love football and I love my husband is a gamer and I you know I play I was telling you I play kind of more darker scarier spooky kind of stuff because that's just that's what I like like of course we have this you know these human things and there are things that we create, like, we have this technology in these brains. Like, think of these these game creators, how they came up with being able to code and create and, and drive these games and these giant companies who have these brilliant brains working for them to create these amazing multifaceted, multidimensional, might I say, games. So we connect to that because it's something that takes our brains places where we did not think to create for ourselves. So I think that's one one thing that the gaming community brings. I mean, these games, sometimes, you know, again, they take you to these levels and these different realities and, and things. like it's, a, it's an escape, essentially, but it's also learning, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is part of my imagination I have not tapped into or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about Again, I mean, we discussed it before, you know, social media and, and liking these captive audiences and things like that. But really, there are so many things to learn in this dimension as well as beyond that. So I think that's why people connect to that. But we can also, like you said, use it to connect to consciousness to have um, maybe a, like a learning experience or like a lesson somehow as to how we can tap into our own power. Oh man, you know, I wish I, because I, I'm an artist. I, I like to I like to draw. It's Inktober. I'm trying to draw every single night. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a writer. Whenever I can cool my mind down and, and, and work on those paranormal stories, you know, I just find myself doing creative things to end up relaxing myself. You know, from from working on a game, writing a book. Uh, uh, to draw in like to to draw in like a cover or something like that. I always find that getting in that creative energy, it really does get those kind of blockages out. Like the artist block is a very real thing, but I also feel like yeah. some of that is some of that's spiritual, some of that's multidimensional as well. And people have to it find is. like an outlet 
to 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 get that type of stuff out because I tell this to people all the time. You know, you're 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 more important than you think. There's a person inside of you, and we're all very curious as to who they are. We would be very interested to sh- for you to show us who you are. And a lot of people yeah. haven't figured out that they can do that. They can sh- they can show that they can shine that light from inside of them in so many different ways. And I think that this would be a good way for us to get into talking about uh, being that multidimensional human being, understanding the abilities of the empath, uh, and 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 really. Under, really getting back to like that spirituality, like you said before, connecting consciousness, getting back to that. Uh, we the, the the lifestyle that we have today, it is so unnatural. It's it's not it's really not cool. And so then I find myself being more happy when I'm out there with the chickens, when I'm out there, you know, uh, uh, sharing the artwork. Whenever I'm, mm-hmm. when I'm helping like an old lady get to her car, I find myself being more more fired up being immersed in that type of stuff than 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 anything else uh so yeah let's 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 get into that what are your thoughts you know about being an empath about being that multidimensional human being uh and 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 turning ourselves essentially into that vector to where we can let the otherworldly the otherworldly energy that supernatural energy that divinity what are your thoughts on letting ourselves be the vector for that energy to come forth here in this realm so that's a this is a great way I think for a lot of people to kind of start and open their mind and be more aware of things. So every single thing, every thought, every feeling, every being, every anything you can physically touch and everything you can feel as an intuition, as a, a emotion, it doesn't matter. Every single thing has a frequency. It has an energy code. So we are constantly tapping into that. So when we sleep, and I just recently did a video that I still need to put up about, you know, when we sleep, we're at a theta. So that's the lowest possible um, hertz. So we're at a four. Typically, they, they categorize it from a four to an eight, but I like the four better. I think that in the, when we're sleeping and we can reach that four hertz of frequency, we are really, really tapping into our higher selves to our cosmic consciousness and that is where we receive our energy downloads i don't think that there's like an alpha wave that um you know our imagination and our creativity exists and that's where some of like the vivid dreaming happens that when you're in that state of that deep sleep that's where we can connect to our higher selves and really bridge the subconscious to the conscious mind and rewire the brain and this is this has been done in studies too. You can probably you know look that up because I know that you're like the master researcher, and I love that about like you and your site and everything. Um, so um, you know when we're awake, we're kind of acting on beta frequencies and and all that, and tapping into more of like the creative, like high vibe experiences of you know life and um, you know what we want to do. And when we're we're our creative selves, that is a very big part of when we are aligning ourselves to universal cosmic consciousness. So our creativity um, is huge when it comes to like us understanding ourselves and being connected and all that. So you say, just like you said, you know, when you're doing your art or you're out with the chickens or whatever. And I, I have a couple of different people that reach out to me 
constantly that are like, yeah, you know, I've been kind of doing some of these things and I just notice myself being more creative. And you're creating and you're loving yourself because of that inspiration. And the love of yourself really is the love of all. Because if we don't love ourselves, we can't love anything else. I mean, that's just, that's just the truth. There's no way around it. So, and would you, um, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I, I was just going to ask real quick, you know, uh, would you say that it's, it's that ego and that pride when we take loving ourselves too far? Because I feel like that's where people, that's that realizing that there is a beauty in moderation, that you do have to love yourself, but not to where you become egotistical and prideful. I feel like that's, that's what we're missing. But somehow in this, this like-fueled, shared-oriented world we live in today, people take that loving yourself to extremes and become egotistical and become prideful. Yeah, so I think that if you're fighting with your ego, if you, if you find yourself fighting with your ego most of the time, that's really not you. That is your, that is like your mind, which is really not you in a sense, you know, fighting yourself and fight in creating an ego. So there is a, there's a, um, a therapist that I follow, Dr. Nicole LaPera, the holistic psychologist um, on Instagram, who does a really great job of breaking down the difference between the ego self and the conscious self. So if you are willing to do the work against the ego, and yes, I think we are, um, and that could go back to what we talked about previously, about people not really getting it, not really understanding you know, that they're not just going motion by motion through life and it's just their ego that won't let them understand that there's way more to it. Um, it is a, it can be a problem, you know, and I think that all of us get to get to fight our egos a little bit and then all of us get to understand or should have the opportunity to understand like ego self versus like shadow self. So shadow self is something like everybody has obviously yes parts of ourselves that we think that might the society might not like or we don't like about ourselves or whatever and then that that can kind of turn into well the ego will protect me from that because i'm better than that and i'm better than this and whatever but the reality is that you have to be able to be one with that shadow self to be one yes. with your light self because they both have to coexist so there is I think several versions of like um, what someone might create their ego to be. Um, and, you know, I think we all, we all get, we get opportunities and messages and signs and um, privileges to do that. And not everyone can recognize that. And that gets in their own way. You know, you, you touched on something right there. Uh, mentioning Carl Jung's shadow work, and that I feel like that somebody somebody had termed what I what I do and what I went through as the dark enlightenment. And hearing you talk mm -hmm. about uh, hearing you talk about the shadow work, understanding that there are darker aspects to you that you have got to reconcile in order to understand that lighter aspect. I think that that's where people sometimes gets, they, they get tripped up, you know, and that's where a lot of the, the, the New Age philosophy, yeah, the New Age philosophy comes from that, to where they only have you focus on peace, love, light, and positivity. And, yes, these are things that you need to focus on, but if you don't, I, I, this is just my personal 
personal opinion. I feel like if you're not able to, as I said before, reconcile those those darker aspects of yourself, whenever they do begin to show up in your life, you yes, you can hit it with with, with peace, love, positivity, and all these other things. But if you don't know how to reconcile it, if you don't know how to contain that beast, it's going to show up and do its damage every single time. And if you if you figure out how to put it in its place at the beginning, it no longer uh, it, it no longer has that effect on you. It's what we were talking about before at the start of the show. How these 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 boogeymen that people create, while they might be based in some factuality, it's upon the it, it's upon the individual to reconcile these things because they're not stronger than you. But I feel like somewhere along the lines, we've we've we have forgotten our power. We have become disenfranchised from who we truly are and that we we truly do hold all the cards. We have all the tools that are necessary to undo a lot of these things. But if we if we get into this mindset to where we think the shadows are bigger than the light, well, then we've already aligned ourselves with an end result. And that's why it has to be that constant conscious effort of, of, of looking after the of looking after the good, of keeping the darkness in check seeking after that better tomorrow and doing that work day in and day out because that's when you that's when everybody notice when you fall off whenever you're not doing the work whenever you allow for certain things to be bigger than you right well you can have you can have that bigger and better tomorrow once you learn to accept that there are parts of you that i mean say like the shadow self like you have to you have to if we are truly going to be nature experiencing itself and not living off of technology and uh, all the ways the world are, are, is going right now, <laughs> if we truly are nature experience, ex- experiencing itself, itself, nature does not does not balance itself over like what might hurt someone else's feelings or what might not like if if an animal needs to eat, it's going to eat. It doesn't care what humanity thinks like. But if we are, if we are really truly trying to move forward and and to do that, then yes, like we are nature experiencing itself. We are going to want to experience detrimental things to learn a lesson from it. We are going to want to not like everything because it's not in our nature to want to like everything. Like we are going to have opposition, and so acceptance into that is like the bridge into you know, well, many things, but mental clarity and moving on and, and all this. I mean, I grew up, um, my, my grandfather, great man, amazing, so resourceful, so smart, just a man of a trade. He was a police officer way before I was born. And then, um, you know, a mechanic from everything I can remember. And my, my parents didn't raise me. My grandparents raised me. And my grandmother did not want to lay the hammer like my actual mom. It's understandable. It's not natural. Grandparents should not be raising their child's kid, right? I mean, again, I mean, you know, this progressiveness and there's things that are happening in the world and we make the best of the situation. But when you really get down to brass tacks, you know, there were things I probably should have be should have been disciplined on that I wasn't just because they were they wanted to have the role of my grandparents and they had to take on the role of my parents and parts of their shadow selves may have been uh well in an Oklahoma <laughs> a very republican household which I'm not by the way um they are just they things went 
maybe some of the ways they shouldn't have gone. But my grandfather was not an emotional person. He was very matter of fact. He was very um, showing emotions is weak. Uh, you know, you have to know how to do, and don't get me wrong, like, again, love them. He taught me so many things. There are so many things in life that I know how to do because of him. And, you know, that's because he, he, in his own right, got past his emotions and just did what he had to do because that was what he had to do. But I went through a lot of my life thinking that, showing emotion was weak so I thought that was part of my emotional self or my shadow self or part of what I had to be strong about to an extent that no one could see that part of me and then um you know my husband comes along who I mean this is probably a story for maybe a completely other show I'm not sure but we've been through many many lifetimes together and he has always been the most introspective person I've ever known so he's so introspective and he's like slowly but surely we've been together seven eight years now um how to look introspectively as far as emotions go like he's never been afraid to share his emotions and at first I thought that was a weakness of his now I'm looking to him as like some type of like inspirational god like oh my gosh how do you do that (laughs) you know I I swear you you're talking my language right now. You know, I, I have. This is going to sound weird, but for the longest time, I had this weird phobia about eating in public because I thought it made me look weak. And clearly, everybody needs to eat. I don't know why I felt like you know eating in public displayed weakness, but it was. It was only after I started going out to dinner with a girlfriend in public, and she's like, "Why are you not touching your food? You're making me look weird. What are you doing?" I would tell her the same way I told you right there. I feel like it makes you look weak. She's like, that, you know that's weird, right? And it's only yeah. after after progressively working with her, or her working with me, mm-hmm. basically, telling me this, this yeah. is a phobia, this is something that you've created. I don't know where this comes from, and that, 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 that we're able to get over it. And I, we should just do like a whole separate show on like the importance <laughs> of relationships and, and why it's important to have somebody that's focused on, on your personal growth. Because I mean, I, you- yeah, I mean, you absolutely, like, people come into your life for a reason, okay? Like, absolutely, no doubt about it, like, universally guided or whatever, but, like, we could learn so many things from other people. I mean, and yes, like, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, wives, whatever, but that's another testament to the how we've gotten away from community living. You know, I mean, it, it when, like, the saying, it takes a village, like, it literally goes back to, like, my great great i okay so i had my great 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 grandparents alive until i was like three or four my great great grandparents passed when i was 11 and then my great grandparents who oh my i was so close to them and i still am they visit me all the time um i had them until i was 18 and they passed away four months to the day of each other but each of them had so many things to tell me about Oh my gosh, just like how like they derived so much energy from tribes and community and how they built their whole system on that. And it's just incredible. 
Like, it's incredible. Like, we, we literally do. Like, I don't know how we got into this whole thing about, like, I don't need anybody but me. Like, yes, okay, you do need yourself. Obviously, you are you are in nature. You are the universe experiencing things, and you have the power to connect to all of that. But we literally do come here to find our tribe, to find our people, and to build yes. on that and to, to you know, do, do all that. I mean, that's 100% believe that's why I'm talking to you right now. 100% why I think that social media can be pretty good sometimes. It also based on your work, you're, you know, you work very hard to get solid factual information out there for people to follow. I mean, you know, it's, it's all about, it's all about like a real true community. If we can get back to that, I think we would find a lot of success. Oh, I, I thoroughly agree. You know, uh, just, just, yes. All I could say is just, yes. Uh, because we're, we're, we're coming up on the clock right now. Uh, I want to get into, you said, some, you said so much in this whole episode, but you had talked earlier about uh, feeling connected to these otherworldly entities and, and receiving information from the other world. And the reason I, the reason I, I, I want to touch, touch back up on this with you is because, you know, with as much research as I do do, a lot of the things that we're discussing here, you're not going to find this in a book. You're not going to find this on a post. People are not discussing these things. You have to go out. And, and and basically experience these things. And then for a while there, I was talking about how people, when they put themselves in these, these, these positions, when they step out of their bubble, they begin to develop like a completely new set of skills and abilities and senses to where they're able to tap into the divine and, and just download that information that no one else gets because they're not, they're not moving in, uh, in the proper life path. They're not making the, 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 the necessary, uh, the necessary destiny steps or the necessary steps in, in your life to unlock those senses and to get that awareness. Uh, so to get back to point, do you find yourself still being able to, to, to not communicate with the divine or communicate with the otherworldly, but do you find that sense being strengthened the more uh, you steep yourself in this work? That's a good question. Um, so, oh. Um, should I, should I give a little bit of a backstory? How much time do I have? Like, <laughs> you have as I much could... time as you need. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, okay. So short answer is yes, I do feel it being strengthened, but also not so much strengthened is just like morphing into these different, like, <sighs> yes. Instead of getting bigger, 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 like you take, uh, if you take a rubber band, for instance, and you just keep like pulling it and stretching it out and out and out and in in a circular motion and and just keep like testing its abilities, I guess so to speak. I guess that's it. Stronger, um, yes. I I think like okay. So since I can have any I guess recollection of memory from when I was younger um, I always had this very unique sense of connection to something that did not to me feel human and as a very young child I wasn't quite sure what that meant but I had these very um, vivid uh experiences in my sleep where I would experience what some people would call the rapture or the coming of God. 
and fighting what people would call the devil or whatever, Satan. I, I, I just want to say was, real quick, you are, you are not the only person that we've had on the show that have had those types of premonitions and visions and future sight. I just want to let you know that you are not alone when, when you went through that because we've had countless okay. people on the show that have, that have gone through, that have gone that through I've this and talked that. about it. So I, yeah, okay. so I'm, I'm, I really am curious. That's good to know. So my experiences of watching what was going on on Earth, I was never on Earth. I was always on my home planet, which is Arcturus. And I, um, what I knew of what was going on on Earth was not that it was the devil coming from the underworld and God coming from above. It was that they were already there. Like, it's just, like, we are experiencing hell and heaven, or whatever people want to, to describe that as, is what happens after we pass, or what happens to our souls, or whatever. And, um, uh, you know, there are several deities, archangels, Jesus, if you're religious. I'm, I, I'm not trying to discredit Jesus. I'm not a religious person very much more. <laughs> Obviously, if you haven't got that from the rest of this 100 or hour and 37 minute show, <laughs> I'm very much more a celestial being, I think, belief wise. Um, I always saw everything happening as 2012. Okay. So this has been happening since I was like two. My mom, when I lived with her until I was six, um, everyone who's ever slept with me after that, I speak in weird tongue not tongue but weird language when i sleep pretty much every night um and this is gonna make me sound crazy oh my gosh to the layman but there are there are times when i do speak to my counsel as i call them um so yeah so i have had these dreams my whole life and um Again, like, just not necessarily as anyone would think, like, the world is ending and the Earth is going to come to an end in 2012. I think, based on my, uh, you can call them downloads or whatever you want to call it, uh, messages that, you know, things took a major shift in 2012. And you can look at world events after 2012 and, you know... It's, it, they've been, I mean, obviously things have happened before 2012 that have been, you know, catastrophic. But since then, they are, they have ramped up and they're continuing to get a little bit worse. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that like the rapture is upon us or anything like that. It's a major shift, like huge shift. Like from, from a lot of people believing that heaven and hell are separate entities and that we might just be living both at the same time and then when we pass on like that's when we get the opportunity to you know move on to multi-dimensions but I have also and I'm sure you guys have touched on this subject as well like astral projecting I have done that a couple of times unintentionally and I bought a book to and this is when I was god probably 16 17 after it first happened and the book was complete garbage. Like, I, I have not been able to find a piece of literature <laughs> that explains my experience when I astral projected. 
not one. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, what is going on? So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done that. And I've also had dreams. Like, I've gone to a period of peace and time, but I've never been able to go beyond 2012. So that is something significant that sticks out to me. Now, my, my next question, you know, and this might sound weird. I don't know if that could be possible dealing with what we're discussing. But my next question is along the lines of, 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 of collapsing timelines of the Mandela effect. We've, we've done our Paranormal Perspective episode, and we've had uh, our series where there's seven volumes. We've had guests call in that talk about having memories from having memories in a town they've never been, having relationships with people that they've never really met. So when you're, when you're talking about having your premonitions kind of end at 2012, it makes me, it makes me kind of think of, you know, are we, are we talking about skipping timelines? Are we talking about our consciousness essentially being redirected? Uh, to 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 other timelines, to other realms. Uh, I mean, everybody. I think people should get by now with the discussion that we've been having. That your body truly is like a receptor of divine and cosmic energy that we're still trying to define today. They can reconstitute these things any kind of way, uh, and there could be millions of different versions of you. But your your active consciousness being tied into where it is right now. Uh, uh, have you ever? Because <laughs> you're Absolutely. speaking about astro. Go yes. Ahead. Okay. So, so there is one um, research project that you can look up. It's called the Montauk Project. So they they speak about and document finding an alien craft, and this particular craft you could place your hand on what they technically call like the steering wheel, and that's how you use your energy, your mind, to move this craft. And a couple of the scientists went into the past, and one of them tried to go into the future, and he couldn't. Like, there was literally nothing there. He was just, like, this lone atom, and it's, like, this weird thing. And then the other one, oh, something happened where he went to the past, and, like, his because of the nature of where he went, like, his father had to die. But they all did it based on, like, the energy of the hand. So I think time travel is... Um, I think it's like a, I don't know, maybe a, something that's possibly gifted to us from like celestial beings or whatever, but something that we're capable also to do with our minds. So, goodness. So my experience, I think, with, um, and going going back to, I guess, what I say, like my counsel and things like that are, like there are time is time is interesting it's interesting thing to like study and track and like if you go back to like ancient tribes and cultures and you know ancient sanskrit and puma punku i mean we can go we can literally touch on so many things um you know time and the mayans and their calendar and all that stuff has been um you know an interesting construct and I think construct is a great word for it because like how are we really to really know what what time is right so um as far as like astral projecting and and things like that and and I think like okay as far as living in like multiple dimensions like for me the best way to describe the experiences that I've had is thinking about like 
when I am meditating or dreaming, and, and also, like, another thing we should touch on, like, med- meditation is not, like, completely clearing the mind. Like, you don't want to do that. You want to let all of these things come in and completely flow and and focus on each one so well that you can, if there's one that sticks and you get to, like, explore further cosmically or consciously or whatever, then let that happen. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people have a hard time with meditation because they think it's clearing the mind and it's not. But anyway, um, so meditation or like astral projecting or whatever, you can have experiences where you're probably not living your 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 soul, your energetic package, but you're in a different dimension or a different time. I've done it several times, and it, each time I I when I wake up or whatever, I feel such a sense of like peace or high energy or whatever but as far as like the paranormal goes and ghosts and things like that I just um there's like infinite numbers of realms or whatever that may exist that you know uh energetic beings can travel to and and communicate with uh human like physical human beings and um you know I've I've always kind of I don't know. I, I think been more connected with like my say, so for my great grandparents. I mentioned them earlier, and I also mentioned that I see them all the time. I do, but when I see them, it's in dreams that it's literally a different timeline that they could still be just as physical. Still be active. As me. Yes. So um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot to... I mean, sure, I don't... Ghosts, it, to me, have always been something that I can communicate with, not as a ghost, just as another being existing on another plane, if that makes sense. So all that to get to that. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, you're, 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 you're speaking about language. You know, I'll, 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 let you, I'll, I'll let you in the audience know something a little bit personal, you know, about my backstory, my history... The simplest thing I can say without going into a, a crazy discussion is my father has always been able to see uh, ghosts. He's always been able to see other people's ghosts. He's always been able to see family members. He's always been able to see entities or spirits. If we're in certain places, it. it's it's always been it's it's always been very interesting. And he's the technical one. He's he's the one that's been working on supercomputers. But you know, a few years after I was born. Uh, my dad or my mom, you know, they're 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 visiting my grandparents, and this is the farm that my 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 my, uh, my grandfather had passed away in. My dad says he's sleeping in his bed one day, just gets this this random call just to wake up, and then he sees my grandfather at the foot of his bed. Says, "Vaughn, we need to talk." Dad gets up, goes for a walk with the ghost, with Griff with Grandpa, and then Grandpa ends up telling my dad about me. I'm just born. I don't. I can't even communicate. I'm probably like two or three years old. My dad's walking with my my dead grandfather, like a like a midnight stroll. Like it's just a thing they do because this was a thing they did. They just went for a walk. My grandfather just told my dad all this stuff about me, and I don't know what it is. I still like the, the, to this day. I get tidbits of of of, of what the conversations were, uh, and that's just mm-hmm. that's just the history. Fast forward to where yeah. we are today, you know, if we're going out, if if we're traveling or if we're in like a different place or, you know, we're visiting family someplace else, I'll, I'll, I'll see, I'll see it, I will literally see it come over him. 
It's like you you will get that cold chill. You will get that feeling. And then something else comes after it. And it's just hearing, hearing you talk about it, you know, it doesn't sound strange because I guess I, I, I understand what you're talking about. You know, I, I, I've experienced yeah. it. I myself am not able to see entities or spirits on that level, but I'm able to sense their presence. And so when you're talking about uh, astral projection, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the hallmark times I noticed, I was, I had to be like a sophomore in high school. I was getting done researching something on the computer. And then I just remember sitting back and it was, it was like, it was that, it was that fast. I remember sitting back, pulling up from the computer, sitting back in, in the chair. And then all of a sudden I'm up in space. I'm mm-hmm. outside of my body. Wow. Like I, yes. I can see earth. I can see earth down there. I can see it moving. I can, I can see all these things, but I'm realizing like, I'm not even seeing my hands, even though I can feel the sensation of seeing my hands there. I begin to freak right, out in the just, states that I miss. You're, you're just an energy. You're just a sound at that point. Like, were you in a, were you in a craft or were you just free floating? I, I think that's crazy that you would say it was, uh, say it's a craft because I, I could have been in some contained place because I couldn't see, couldn't see the moon, but I could see earth beneath me. I had the sensation of looking at my hands as if they were there. And when I would lift them up, I could feel myself lifting them up, but they weren't there. And so I don't know if I was, I don't know if I was in a craft. I don't know if I was in that, 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 that soul recycle center or what, but I was only there briefly. And then I came hurling back down to my body and it felt like I had a heart attack. I'm like 16, sweating, freaking so out, coming you, back down to my body. What did you see whenever you were coming back down to your body? Like what did you visually see or feel? It wasn't, it wasn't anything like, I wasn't, I wasn't able to communicate or see any, see anything else there. It was, it was like somebody just shot me up into space. And then as I came hurtling back down, you know, I see the earth getting bigger. I see America, I see like the country, I see the states, I see like, I see my location, I see my house. And then just, it, it, it literally felt like I was being thrown back into my body. Like, into like, your it, body. Was, like it was okay. an, like it was act like it was an accident or something for me to be like where I was, and so we'll yeah. have to do like a future show because there's been <laughs> other instances too where where that's why I say the soul recycle center. I thoroughly believe that all, all these stars and all these other things that are out there, space isn't what we think it is, and and we have our ancestors watching us, we have the future watching us, we have the past like like praying for us. We have so many different things going on and we are just history's actors right now. And just getting a glimpse of that, getting a taste of that, seeing like how many different like eyes, how many different souls and existences are just like here. And then I have to go back into my meat sack. That was, it was, it was mind blowing for me. And I'm still to this day, I'm not trying to do astral projection or any of these types of things, but I'm trying to make people aware of that, of that multidimensional aspect of them, we're not phys- we're we're not physical carnal things. We truly are spiritual no. beings having a human experience. Yes, yeah. I mean, it, so so like a lot of people who have experienced the astral projection or whatever, like they explain coming back to their body just like you, like you you feel yourself going through the atmosphere at such a speed. But one time I had an experience, if I asked, like, what your experience was, one time I had an experience where, like, I, I came, I broke through the Earth's atmosphere, 
and again, like I'm, I'm feeling this at a soul level. This is a completely real thing. And I, I hit a portal where I somehow ended up coming back into earth. Like, obviously I came through the sky, but then I hit a portal and I came through the bottom of the ocean. And some of the things that I saw at the bottom of the ocean were like, whoa, <laughs> like, what the heck? And it was just so real. And then I, I got spit out, like, onto the beach. And then eventually my soul made its way back to my body where I was sleeping. And I was probably, I don't know, 20, maybe 21 at the time. And that was when I was getting a lot of, like, sleep paralysis as well. So at that time I was, like, I was Ooh. pretty much like had some sleep paralysis and I was watching this going on in my mind, but I'm kind of staring at the ceiling, but I couldn't move. And it was like, that was like the first time like that kind of thing had happened unintentionally. But I, again, like I've always had this like feeling this, this something inside of me that essentially tells me, like, yes, I'm human. I love Mother Earth, and I came back here because I do love Mother Earth, and, and I want to experience her, I guess, one more time, although I didn't really want to come back, and that I... You're visiting humans. Not really... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really human. Like, I've never really felt... Mm, completely human like i do have i of course i have feelings and um all the other i guess whatever you and i've never really known what the definition of like human is as far as everything like characteristically like i've always just felt like a being who uh is empathetic and just kind of knowing that there there's a greater something that's going to happen while i'm here I think that's where the dreams of like yes. rapture come from and things like that. But um, the astral projecting, that, that time that that happened, just like you said, I was just in space. And I was just, and I have a video about this on YouTube. It's like a whole, I tell the whole story. But I was just there and I could literally just imagine anywhere or anything I wanted to be and I was there. And that's essentially, I mean, what our energies are supposed to do. Uh, but then the the times after that that it happened I got more messages from like you know Arcturus and, and my I guess council or whatever you want to call it but like you know geez like staring at the moon and just being like all of a sudden being transferred into my real body and that's just what feels more real to me if that makes sense so all right. Oh, no, I, I hear you. I definitely hear you. It's like, it, what's crazy too is if you pay attention to some of the, just, just the way sometimes people describe the human experience versus the spiritual experience in ancient history and in mythology, they always make it seem like becoming human is a painful thing. They always make it seem like the, like even when the gods come down from Mount Olympus down to like Greek or d down to Greece, they always make it seem like it's an arduous thing. Like it's just, it is heavy. You become a human and so uh, there is it so is. many different things that we could touch on and i think so that that's many. a good place i think that's a good place for us to put a pin in it actually i think this is a this is a Let's fantastic first episode for you yeah i mean i'm happy to if we want to do more episodes or whatever but i appreciate it 
I appreciate all the work that you do. Again, I'm a big fan and I'm honored to be on the show. So if we want to do another one, I'm, I'm in. But thank you so much for having me. Oh, we will definitely have to have you back on. Uh, real quick, what, what, what's your final message? What do you want to leave the audience with? Um, I will leave the audience with what I always leave my audience with. Don't ever feel like what you do or what you say or what you think doesn't matter. Like your existence, just the fact that you are in existence here in this time and across the multiverse, like you have a huge ripple. So make the best of it. You know, find things that make you happy. Find things that don't make you happy and learn how to live with them and just have the greatest experience that you possibly can while you're here because beyond that is an expression of what you do here. And thank you so much for listening to, you know, me and us here on the show. And I hope that, you know, whatever we can provide can give you some guidance. And if people want to come find some of some more of your amazing work, where can they do that? Um, so uh, Instagram is, I think, my main source of all things. And it's at your naturopath underscore ash. Um, and that's, yeah, that's my main place. All right. And we will definitely put the link to your YouTube and your Instagram, uh, as well as your website in the description Thank bar you. below. Thank you, Ashley. This has been a powerful Thank transmission. You. And I just want to say thank you for, for sharing this stuff because I understand, I understand it's, it's, it, it sounds weird. It sounds crazy, but it also sounds so natural. And I understand that. So thank you again for coming yes. on and spending some time with us, Ashley. Thank you so much. There she goes, Ashley Rogers of Your Naturopath Ash. Like I said, gang, I will put uh, the links to her YouTube, her uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube in the description bar below so you can go support her uh, because this is what it's all about. This is why we have the platform that we have. This is why we have on the fantastic guests such as Ashley uh, because people need to understand that they're not alone when they're experiencing these things. We truly do live in interesting times. And it's these types of conversations that, rem that should remind all of us of that divinity within us. It's these types of conversations that really do put you back on point and, and make you understand, make you understand yourself a little bit deep, uh, deeper. You know, it's not only physical, it's not only mental, it's not only spiritual, it's all of these things. And also how we interface with this deeper reality and that's what we try to bring to you guys every single week and i want to say thank you to you the audience for spending some time with us for being here as we make history and ask the deeper questions about what's going on where we're going and why we're doing all the things that we're doing uh, but like i said ladies and gentlemen i'll put the link for that and more in the description bar below so you can check it out go follow ashley's work go listen to some of her videos and and and, and support it share it with your friends if this episode helps you or you, or you think it'll help other people, don't be afraid to share the love because that's what we're all here for. Uh, but, however, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noizera, Freedom Faction, and Ashley Rogers of Your, nat of your Natural Path Ash, out. <laughs>